0: Baby Boomer Tales. Thank you for riding along today. My name is Jim. You can find our podcasts at your favorite podcast provider. You can find our video cast at both our Baby Boomer Tales Facebook page and our Baby Boomer Tales YouTube channel. I like to use little sayings that spice up my dialogue or maybe hillbilly it up, things like, quote, $3 word, end quote, or discombobulate, things like that. If you've listened to a few episodes of my podcast, you know what I'm talking about here. I like to kind of just throw something in to make it a little more colorful, since I'm not a sing-songy voice type of guy. You know what I mean? Hello there, how are you? I am fine. How are you? We are good. Good, 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 good. Oh, say, can you see? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Etc., etc., etc. Sorry for that. I get carried away, you know. This is our 173rd episode. And so from time to time, I like to entertain myself. Okay, so let's try some of these $3 words, okay? This is where we're going to start today anyway. Whippersnapper. Whippersnapper is an overconfident young person. As you get older, you're more and more tempted, at least I am, to call some guy, you know, 20-year-old guy, a whippersnapper. Doohickey. A doohickey is a small object or gadget that the person forgot the name of. Hand me that doohickey over there, will you, please? Thank you. Contraption. A contraption is a machine or device that seems complicated or badly made. How about this one? gook. That is a language that's meaningless. Kind of like about half of my monologues are. But I have the munchies that come in and rescue me from that from time to time, and I do appreciate it, munchies. Yeah. yeah. Cattywampus. Cattywampus means you're in disarray or not arranged correctly. I'm all cattywampus. That storage room is cattywampus. Lollygag. To spend time aimlessly. That's a good one. I like that one. Don't lollygag around now. Here's one I used at the opening. Discombobulate. Confused. Here's one I like to use a lot, and I do use it a lot. I've used it ever since I started doing podcasts. That means I've probably used it all my life, in some form or another. Lickety Split. A uh, loose definition of that means as quickly as possible. Here's an old one, and I've used this. i talking about my daughter's wedding out here in the country. We had girls dressed to the nines. Dressed to the nines... Back in the 1800s, it took nine yards of fabric to make a man's suit. Jacket, pants, and vest. Nine yards, you dress to the nines. Now, I was talking about young ladies dressed to the nines in those open-toed, stiletto, high heel shoes. Walking around here, watch out for the cow patty. You know, that stuff. Mind your P's and Q's. Now, this may have English origins, Because when you go into a bar, you do not order a pint. But if you order quart, that is not English. So I'm not sure what the definition of it is or where this saying came from. Pints and quarts at the tavern. So mind your P's and Q's. So I don't even know where they got that. Is quart an English deal? I don't think it is. It might be. They have pints. Heck, I don't know. Why didn't you research that better, Jim? because because i didn't want to research it pints and quartz what more is there we're in a bar mind your p's and q's will you let the cat out of the bag now this is a good one i like this dishonest farmers would put cats in these bags and try to pawn them off where they're selling them as a piglet in there and if the person dumb enough to be buying from this farmer without opening and inspecting it well if you did you're letting the cat out of the bag here's some things that the origins are almost a little self-explanatory beat around the bush under the weather blow your socks off now that can't be literal can it unless you're charlie brown barking up the wrong tree these hunting dogs They go chasing a fox or a coon or something and the said animal runs up a tree and the darn hunting dog looking up at the wrong tree barking. That's going to throw the poor hunter off. Costs an arm and a leg. Well, of course it doesn't cost an arm and a leg. Or it might. Depends on how bad you want something, I guess. Stop crying over spilled milk. Now this is a truism if I've ever heard one. Once that milk is spilled, unless you have a cat, maybe you got them in a bag, why cry over it? It's gone. It's ruined. You do not want it. Unless you're starving, you're not going to lick it off the floor. Are you? You might if you're three. A piece of cake. It's easy, right? It's a piece of cake. Caught red-handed. Back in the day when there was poverty that we can't understand very well today, If a person got caught slaughtering someone else's animal, their hands all red from the blood, caught red-handed. Bury the hatchet. Our Native Americans, part of a peace treaty could be they buried their weapons when they made the treaty. So you bury the hatchet. You ever bury the hatchet with someone? It's not literal in this day and age, but you do shake hands. You do make a pact of peace. And you go on your way. Close but no cigar. He's close but no cigar. Back in the 1800s at carnival games, cigars were prizes. If you threw a ring around a bottle and you did it three times, you get a cigar. At the drop of a hat. In the 1800s, horse races, instead of starting with a gun, which you see in movies and whatever, That could cause that horse to rear up, maybe dump the rider, cause confusion for the race. So they dropped a hat and off they went. In the nick of time, in the 1700s, debts were tracked by carving a nick in a tally stick on the due date of the payment. Then they could count the nicks and see how much interest had accrued and how much they owed. So you didn't want to miss the due date of it. You want to get your nick in time. Jump on the bandwagon. In the 1800s, circuses would come to town. And they'd have a big parade as they came down Main Street. And their band would lead the way, followed by the bearded lady and the midget and the clown and the trapeze artist and the line tamer. And all this stuff a circus would have back then okay and politicians would pay rent to be able to ride on this wagon that carried the band leading the parade for the circus so they would jump on the bandwagon not much different than it is today really think about it and i'm not putting the clowns and the line tamers and the little people down but those politicians There's something else but this is not a political show, and I really don't care. It just makes me laugh. And then it makes me cry, and then it makes me laugh again. I don't want to jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> that is a fact. So there you are. There's my little sayings and words that you might hear in today's society, maybe in the conversation you have with someone. And even though they don't really mean today what they meant back then, in a sense of the word, in a roundabout way, yes, they really probably do. And the last thing you want is to be caught red-handed. I'll tell you that right now. You do not want to go there. So let me go with something else here, lickety-split. Now for a little adventure of Forky and Earl. One day, Forky and Earl got to take the train to Denver. They went down to the depot that was across the highway and over the hill and down to the east a bit from Forky's house. And they sat there until the train came. And they got on the train. And the conductor said, do you have a ticket? Earl looked at Forky. Forky looked at Earl. Earl and Forky looked at the conductor. The conductor stood there waiting with his hand out. And Forky says, We have to buy tickets. Earl shook his head, yes. The conductor said, where are you boys going? Earl looked at Forky. Forky looked at the conductor. Forky said, to Denver. that will be $2.37 each, boys. Forky and Earl paid the money. They got their tickets from the conductor. They sat down and the train started going to the east. Chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga. And it started going up an incline ever so slowly. And before you know it, they're in a big, dark tunnel. Forky, it's dark in here. I know, Earl. I wonder why they don't turn on some lights. I don't know, Forky. I wish they did. Chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga finally out of the tunnel forky i knew we would be earl how long before we go to denver we're going to denver earl i mean how long we going to get there before we get there how long forky earl are you asking me how long we have to sit on the train before we get to denver yeah forky that's what i'm asking that's what i thought you're asking earl i don't know about another hour Maybe. chugga 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 Can I walk around, Forky? I don't care, Earl. Where are you going to walk to? I want to see if I can get a Coke. Earl, I think we ought to wait till we get to Denver. They cost too much money in the train, and we don't have much money. Okay, Forky. Finally, the train pulled into the Union Station in Denver, Colorado. The boys got off. Forky looked at Earl. Earl looked at Forky and said, What do we do now, Forky? Forky said, I've ridden the train several times to Denver, and I know my way around. Let's go down to the May D&F, Earl. Okay, Forky, I know that place. But my mom said we cannot go to Larimer Street. But Earl, we have to cross Larimer Street to get to the May D&F. Okay, don't tell my mom. Your secret's safe with me, Earl. So the boys started walking, and they walked, and they walked, and they walked, and they got across Larimer Street, just lickety-split, and Forky said, You better not look, Earl. Earl said, I'm not looking, Forky. As Earl looked, and he looked, he goes, Wow, Forky, can we stop here? Forky says, No, you promised your mom, Earl. Earl said, That's right. Okay, Forky. And they got to the MayDNF, and it was a big old place, and it was a big old store, and there were a lot of people down there in downtown Denver, and the buildings were tall, and Earl looked up at the building and said, these buildings are tall, Forky. Forky said, I know they're tall, Earl. That's why they're downtown. Earl said, we don't have any tall buildings where we live. Forky said, that's why we came to Denver, Earl. Okay. Well, now I'm getting tired of goofing around downtown there, Forky. Let's go over to the Capitol building. Forky said, I know the way. It's just over there. And they walked over to the Capitol building of the state of Colorado. And Earl said, how much gold do you think's on that roof there, Forky? Forky said, enough for us to be rich. Earl said, do you think we could get some? Forky said, I don't think so, but we can go up on the, buy up there you know Earl. I forgot what I was saying Earl. Good thing we don't have to memorize our lines. Earl said I know that Forky. Let's go up and see the mountains. So they went up by the roof and they could see down into the capitol building and that big room was round and they looked and there was little machines you could put a dime in and to see the mountain and Earl said you want to look in these machines Forky? Forky said, why should we look in those machines? We live in the mountains, Earl. Earl said, I know it. They just said a dime. And Forky said, a dime would buy your Coca-Cola, Earl. Earl said, I'm thirsty, Forky. Let's get a Coca-Cola. So the boys went down. They bought a Coca-Cola. They went over to the Mint and said, if they gave samples at this Mint, we'd have some money, Earl. Earl said, I don't think they give samples, Forky. What should we do now? Forky said, I think we should go buy a record. Earl and Forky went over to a store and bought some records, those 45s with a big old hole in the middle of them. And then they said, Earl, now we're going to go where we came to Denver to go to for. Earl said, what? Forky said, you know what I mean. How are we going to get there, Forky? Forky said, we're going to take a bus. I've done this before you take a bus. It costs a nickel on the bus. We give the guy a nickel, and we tell him where we want to get off, and he tells us if we're on the right bus or not. Earl looked at Forky. Forky looked at the bus stop. Forky said, Come on, Earl. We sit here until the bus comes. Well, they were looking at their records and drinking their Coca-Colas, and here comes the bus, and they get on. And Forky said, Is this the bus to Sloan Lake? And the bus driver said, Yes, it is. Forky said, How long will it take to get there? The bus driver said, about 20 minutes. Forky looked at Earl and said, this is our bus, Earl. Earl said, okay, let's go. They got on the bus and they went to Sloan Lake. And right there at Sloan Lake was the radio station, K-I-M-N, with a big old K and a big old I and a big old M and a big old N. And they went inside and there was a disc jockey. And he was spinning the records, and they could hear it, but that disc jockey could not see them and didn't even look at them. And Forky said, "That there, I think, is Danny Davis." And Earl said, "I think it's Hal Baby Moore." And Forky said, "No, I think it's Danny Davis, unless it's Chuck Buell." I wish there was somebody here we could ask. Earl looked at the disc jockey. Earl looked at Forky, and Earl said. What time do we have to catch a train, Forky? And Forky says, Oh no, Earl, I forgot we have to go home and catch a train. And we have to be there by 4.30. And we're a long ways away, Earl. What are we going to do? Earl says, I don't know, Forky. You're the guy that had this big idea. Forky says, I've never had a big idea, Earl. Earl said, That's two of us, Forky. So then they pondered and they thought and they talked. And they came up with a big idea and they walked around a corner and they knocked on a door and somebody answered the door in the radio station and Forky said, excuse me, will you call a taxi cab so we can get a ride back to the train station? And the lady that answered the door said, yes, I will do that for you. And Earl said, thank you very much. And Forky said, thank you very much. And Earl looked at the lady and Forky looked at the lady and the lady smiled and went and called for a taxicab. Forky and Earl went outside, got in the taxicab, and said, Please hurry up and take us to the Union Station so we can get a train back home. And the taxicab took them to the train station, and Forky and Earl caught the train on time and rode back home and got off the train before dark. And then they went to Forky's house, and Forky said, Want to come in, Earl? Earl said, I'm tired, Forky. I want to go home. And Earl trudged up the hill and went home with his new record. I hope you've liked today's version of Forky and Earl and all our wonderful old-timey sayings. Does my heart good to say something I've never said before, and I don't think I've ever said, mind you, P's and Q's, ever in my life so mind your p's and q's it's always good to be kind really when you think about it there should be no other way i'll be back next wednesday peace out girl scout